0: After I, like, you know, finally, like, accepted who I was, um, I think I started to really just blossom. You're, you're in the race by yourself. You're the person you're racing against. Like, say you put, you put something out and you're like, okay, I want to do better you you're like i want to do this this different you put out the next thing okay that's changed you and then you just keep going as long as you get better at what you're what, you, what, what you're going for you don't got to know the end goal but as long as you're getting better and as long as you're focused on like focus on your own journey because everybody has their own journey
1: This week's episode highlights an individual named Jalen Thompson. In our conversation, we discuss his experience of growing up black and queer in the South, internal conflict with religion, pursuing a PhD, and his creative endeavors. We've got a fabulous show for you this week coming up right after this. You're listening to the Uniquely Eugene podcast, a show dedicated to highlighting the unique stories, ideas, and perspectives of the people living right here
0: in our community of Eugene, Oregon. Here's your host, Anthony Che.
1: This week's guest is a good friend and former instructor of mine, Jalen Thompson.
0: Um, Hi, my name is Jalen Thompson. I am a PhD student here at UO. Jalen is a graduate student at University of Oregon pursuing a PhD in
1: English. In addition to his academic endeavor, he is also an exuberant artist who hosts his own podcast as well as creates other art pieces utilizing various mediums. When we first sat down to speak, he detailed his life growing up in a small town in Alabama. Here's what he told me.
0: So I am from a small town called Delville, Alabama. Um, I was raised in the South. My family is... My family is all from Alabama, Georgia, and Florida, so um, moving out here was very, very new and different. Um, and like, yeah, I grew up in a small town, so um, I, I think, uh, I think I'm just used to small towns and when i first moved to eugene it was a bit overwhelming even though eugene is considered a small town small comparatively towns. to other towns yeah on, on the west coast For sure. um but yeah like because i like small towns i think i've grown to like eugene more um but i don't know i still miss the south i miss the food
1: um as someone that's never been to the south myself would you uh, like to describe your town a little bit
0: my town um and the people in and the yeah yeah and my like town um there is a main road that all of the restaurants and businesses are on um so like mcdonald's is the spot to go to mcclenn's is like a family restaurant that everybody goes to um i think they're getting a Wendy's there. That's that's, that's big, <laughs> news. big news. That is, that's big news. <laughs> it's big news. They had a, they have Bojangles there. I don't know if you know what Bo- yeah, I, Bojangles. So that's a chicken place. Chicken spot. Um, and it is close to a military base. So I was a army brat growing up. And was your um, family
1: in the military at all?
0: My stepfather, uh, at the time, was in the military, and um, yeah, I grew up. A military kid and um yeah was always kind of like on the military base um just kind of it, it I now that i think about it it really gave me a lot of access to resources that folks in daleville for instance probably didn't have
1: yeah so when you're talking about the resources in the middle in the military base uh do you mean like was there a good social environment there where you introduced to a lot more people? Yeah, you Did want you me make to talk connections about, like that?
0: You want me to talk about the people. Um so I would describe the people. Um I don't know. Uh so so yeah, I mean I would say the people generally were friendly. Um you know, of course, conservative, but there's conservative people everywhere. Um uh, I don't know i don't know i i don't i don't really talk about you know being from the uh delville and in the military base uh i don't know I at just, what age was that uh, let's see oh so this was probably like eight to 18 maybe
1: oh, okay so it was a long stretch of your life yeah yeah, yeah. oh wow from eight to 18 so, yeah okay so and then, so all the way from like was that like third grade yeah. to, to high school senior yeah dang would you like so i would assume that you develop is there like is there a group of people that you kind of came up with as you were growing up
0: yeah i would say like so i did band mm-hmm. um so and then i yeah i did band so a lot of band folks gotcha. um a lot of like weird nerdy people a lot of um i also did theater so a lot of Theatrical people, that little
1: and realm of quirkiness.
0: Yeah, and then I oddity. also also did track. So, and I did track because people in band were doing track. So it's like, I, I yeah, I would describe my school as like there were like people who did set things, like they were a part of like a set social group, but there was always like this blend too, which I I thought was really uh great but yeah. yeah. I think it was just easy to um at least for me when I got to a certain age, I thought I th- I think it just became easier to um go in between two different kinds of social groups, um and there not really be uh kind of like issue. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um what was your like school experience like in terms of academic like did you enjoy school like immediately growing up or was it something that you kinda grew into now that you're in higher academia?
0: Um so school was definitely at times it was a safe haven and at times it was like I don't wanna go here. Um just like, you know, this was when I was really first um, really understanding who I was and people, would, all people already, like as soon as I moved to Daleville, um, uh, people- From where, sorry? From, um, so I was going to the school in the military base gotcha. and then went to school in Daleville. Um, and so as soon as I got to Daleville, um, people were already like, sent, like Talking about how feminine I was Talking about how different I was In comparison to other boys And so I would always You know Get picked on for that I remember being called a faggot A few times in the fourth grade Like this is me Like coming into This uh, new environment And these things happening And so I mean And then it's like despite all that i did, i do remember you know making friends and things like that but it was hard to really it was hard to really be myself like i like i saw the other students could be because i was um always trying to hide that part of me as soon as i i can remember as soon as i was hearing these terrible hateful things spouted at a fine bitch like me um i was like i just remember like very being very like trying to hide and and this is in in combination with also like trying to deal tr- my family also seeing these things too and commenting on them not in the same language that my peers were using but still very hurtful language. Um,
1: like almost like microaggressions, but kind of like hinting at something, but not necessarily being straightforward with it.
0: M- yeah, more like more like, um, oh, why are you walking like that? Okay. Boys don't walk like that. Why are you, yeah, kind of like trying to correct my, I guess, uh, gender presentation or how how I express myself. Um, and yeah, so, but I think once I Eventually, you know, I just once I once I honestly once I did band and just really like made a name for myself doing that. Um, people like sort of, I mean, they just everyone and I, then I dated a few girls and it didn't that I didn't like doing that, but they were like friends and I think I wanted to be more like them instead of like being with them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so. Um, I'm friends with, I'm still friends with one of the girls I dated.
1: Jalen has come a long way in his journey of self-love, acceptance, and healing. This came about from various influences. One major component in this process has been reading. Both fiction and nonfiction, he described to me that books that have helped him offered newfound perspective and insightful lessons. Here he is describing his favorite authors.
0: I think what where my sense of empowerment is coming from is finally allowing myself to sit and be with myself and and think about things that have happened to me that I am still processing um, a lot of ref- reflection a lot of reflection yeah a lot of reflection a lot of um a lot of reading 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 helps it's escape it's escapism but it's also like. What can I learn from this character? What can I learn? What life lessons is this author mm-hmm. giving me? So I have a few. One is called "White Girls" by Hilton Owls. Um, it's, he's a, like a cultural critic, and he writes, I think the book is so amazing. like he writes about it's about like identity and thinking of white girls as like a type he really is, he's not he's not like he's calling like certain cultural figures white girls and he doesn't really explain how he's using that term but the people that he ends up calling white girls are typically like people who aren't white and who aren't girls I think it's been, it was just very enlightening to me like not only like the writing style but just like the way that identity is not fixed and how it can be fluid and Mm -hmm. applied to different kinds of people. Sure. It was just a very, um, it's very, it's kind of humorous and kind of sad (laughs) a little bit. Um, He um, has this one essay on Malcolm X and he really like, he really puts himself in the interior of Malcolm X and in the interior of Malcolm X's mother mm-hmm. and he and he kind of tries to make those two those two versions of of, of those people speak to themselves and I think it's just really great yeah
1: sounds very interesting
0: and then another book that I read or that I am reading is um Alice Walker's In Search of Our Mother's Gardens um mm-hmm. And it's just, she's just reflecting on her, it's a collection of, of, of her essays over, um, over time, and much of them are just reflections on home. She's from the South, too, and so she talks about being from the South, growing up during the Civil Rights Movement, um, just the realities of the aftermath of that movement, and um I think it's just it's just been very helpful to me in thinking about just family and history and just like how I can tap into myself through exploring, you know, where I come from, like you asking me, where do you come from? Like, I haven't I haven't really talked about, you know, being from Delville, Alabama, Mm -hmm. for real, for real, because I still have some hurt there.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I have another book. <laughs> sure. Um this will be my final one. I read a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um as an English
1: major, I would assume so. Yeah.
0: Um the this book really changed my life. Uh Bill Hooks's Will Cool, Black Men and Masculinity. Um, it, it I I I find it to be an amazing book because um she just She has this really brilliant way of of putting, like, the pain that black men feel. And um, she says this one line that always sticks with me is black men don't, black men have not been given the tools to to talk about their pain. And I think it relates to all kinds of men, but um, specifically, like, in terms of, like, historical trauma and things like that. I think those are things that I've always been battling with, and she kind of gave me a language to not only see it but start to start to find a way to heal so th- that's I think that's what's really guiding me is trying to find a way to heal from from pain yeah
1: that makes sense yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm
0: glad that you found that as a kind of resource
1: to both escape and then empower yourself knowing that you're not alone in this identity and this is something that people also kind of go through as well even if you don't have like the in-person straight straight like conversation mm-hmm. about it like someone you can resonate in person but there are people out there you yeah
0: know? yeah yeah and i also reading that book i also thought about like just men in my family who i haven't like connected with how i wanted to and i realized that they're also suffering from pain and their pain keeps me from, you know, wanting, from me, their pain keeps me from, or keeps us from, you know, really having more of a loving relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but I think, I think through just reflection, I, you know, I used to, I used to, um, I used to feel very angry at my family, especially the men. I, I can forgive the women because women are amazing. I, I always felt that anything that was negative that happened was because of a man's fault. and I, 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 I have to I know that I have to kind of recognize that feeling, but not like let it take over, you know what, what possible relationships I can still have.
1: Definitely, yeah, and I, I think that's great that you make that distinction about that perspective, um, that you're both able to forgive and also move forward like together with a deeper understanding instead of holding a grudge, yeah, uh, like and yeah. effectively like avoiding a relationship, yeah, that, that that's, has potential.
0: Because like I, I think like even in meeting you, I've told you this like I think I. I really value relationships that I can have with other men of color, especially over here, because I haven't <laughs> ran it's into difficult yeah to, to find some people. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, I know that you know relationships with my family, like the men, like I know that those are relationships that I still want to have, even though I felt still feel pain from the from just growing up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: um the question that I was wanting to ask was uh have their attitudes towards like the LGBTq community changed as more progress has been made socially for the advocation and
0: representation of this group of people yeah that's a that's an interest, uh, interesting question um I would say w- we have more conversations about those things and they might not directly be related to me um i I do Bring in my experience, but so I think when when those conversations come up, it's more abstractly. Um, I can think of conversations with my mother that I've had recently where she was like, she was like, oh yeah, I would love to go to a pride parade. Everyone seems like they're just free and you know happy to be who who they are. And so I mean, it's, it, yeah, I would say like in terms of representation, like seeing more queer people. I think that it kind of like seeing more queer people kind of g- gives
1: more. Yeah. Are you saying that exposure softens the like barrier that they're creating and kind of allows it more into their yeah. like understanding?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, that seems like beneficial in some degree.
0: It, it's yes. Um, there's still some, there's still some things. Understandably. But yeah, it, it yeah, it's gotten, it's, It can't can't get no worse than what it was before. I'll just say that.
1: That's good that you're consistently moving (laughs) forward as also the community is also having a moment to ascend out of like the dark where it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: During his time growing up in the South, Jalen was a part of a black Baptist church. In his time there, he was shown the wonders of spirituality and community. However, he was also exposed to homophobic rhetoric. The experience was both beneficial as well as traumatic, thus creating an internal conflict. Here's what he recalls from the experience with the church and Christianity. Um, I want to take a step back now. Uh you talked about religion and Mm -hmm. and prayer being one of the uh one of like the main contributors and beneficial factors that you've practiced. Um has have you struggled at all with uh messaging from spirituality in Christianity uh, with like your sexual orientation as well
0: oh yeah um oh yeah um yeah go ahead i had very great experiences in church when it came to feeling that connection to god whoever whoever god is yeah um and um yeah ju- yeah having that connection with god like being in that atmosphere, listening to the music. I love I love choir music. Like it's just amazing. Yeah. Um but then it will come time for the sermon. And sometimes there would be, you know, moments where the sermon would be about homosexuality. Really? Ever? Like they were casting out gay demons. Wow. Like one time in church. I wasn't directed at that directed at a, a at individual? A, yes. That's we had, insane. We had this uh do you know what a prophet is? Like it's, enlighten me. So a prophet is I don't know if this is just in the black church, but sure. a prophet is someone who is known to have a direct spiritual connection to God. Can speak to God and 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 has a has a knowing. Sure. And this prophet was uh saying that she knew of someone in the choir that was doing gay porn and that they needed to uh come down and have her cast out the demon jeez and um the the guy you know stepped forward this was told to me from somebody so the guy stepped forward and she casted out the the demon or whatever and you know I I do remember her being... I do remember her being, like, a powerful person. Mm-hmm. Like, I do remember one time her speaking, and she, she anticipated the lights flickering before the lights flickered. And so I'm like, obviously this person has some kind of, you know, higher spiritual connection. And so...
1: Some kind of intuition.
0: Yeah, and so, like... You know, I don't know if it was just her energy or whatever, but, um, I so that she was casting out like this gay demon or whatever. I was as a I was like ten. I was like, oh my goodness, like I probably have that, mm-hmm. and you know, I <laughs> I was just always afraid of her because I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to hey, you're gonna know, and I, she's and going to know you. and 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 get the thing out of me or sure. whatever.
1: Um, uh, did yeah. you want that on on any level, like like hmm. as as a young queer person? Was there any part of you from like all these people? You're like, you it would what? be easier if I just yes. didn't have this part of my identity.
0: Yes, I did. There, I mean, I remember times where I would pray to God for for them to not make me gay. Like I would I would pray for that like almost every night, and still not be able to shake it you know and and did you think like what's wrong with me why can't I just like quote unquote fix it yes yes Mm -hmm. yeah that was most of that was most of my childhood really is 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 like just kind of like struggling with trying to not be gay and like trying to pray pray it away and trying to suppress it
1: I mean cuz that's what the, that's literally the message that they were saying. Mm-hmm. Said, yeah, okay.
0: And I got baptized um uh, for like I got baptized. One of the reasons I got baptized was I was I was hoping I was really hoping it would change that desire in me. And it didn't because there was a cute boy in the church. The day I was getting baptized and I was like, "Oh my god, he's so cute." But I was like, "No, I can't think this." And then when I got baptized um, I did feel, like, a sense of cleansing. And I think that relates to the... Sp- I do think some aspect of the church has some spiritual things going on. So that... I did feel clean. But, I mean, I was still gay. Sure. So,
1: you know... Interesting that you were able to, like, make that distinction that, like, technically, like, you feel spiritually cleansed. But then also, like, you're still in this thing. So was that something that made you you know stick with religion and stick with the like to observe the benefits of, of christianity even though that you are in this con- quote,
0: quote, conflicting space yeah i think honestly i think after i got baptized and after i realized that like quote-unquote it didn't work and it, it it did work like it spiritually cleansed sure. me yes but it didn't work because i was like hoping it was going to you know change me you thought it was just gonna be a snap and, yeah yeah and yeah and magically yeah different. i would i would be a straight man sure bro you know, <laughs> yeah. I would be a straight man so um i'm so happy that that's not the case because i know that i come from uh men who uh who impregnate women very quickly and i'm pretty sure i would have had a few baby mamas around here so i'm so happy that you know i that that was not my life because i'm not ready to be a father um but i think once i got to college i no i know for sure once i got to college i stopped uh going to church i didn't go to church and um i think then you know my life got overtaken by so i was in a fraternity so my life got overtaken with being in a fraternity I did cross country and then I did band, so I was just busy and now that I think about it, like I did all of that stuff to distract myself from from working through the the trauma that so
1: you were basically occupying yourself with something instead of addressing the pain, kind of suppressing it opposed mm-hmm. to confronting it
0: mm-hmm. and I didn't really start to adjust the pain until I turned twenty six Wow, yes, wow, yes a
1: monumental moment that you have Uh, just and when was your birthday how long is it what's january 4th thanks so you're seven months in huh congratulations on that Mm -hmm. that's something that's Mm -hmm. very beneficial just just putting your foot down and making an establishment that this is what it's
0: going to be yeah super valuable it came it i mean it had it came at the expense of me needing to um cut myself out of uh a relationship that wasn't good for me yeah um and when i was able to do that i was able to start to think rethink all of my other relationships friendships fam- family relationships um and so i'm still there but i i'm glad i'm there because i think that's where i need needed to be like when i was 18 so
1: oh oh, oh one more one more question uh before we get out of religion uh what benefits from christianity and spirituality have you kept then like what was what was like the factor that made you like kind of stay with it even though that there was these things pushing you away or feeling yeah. outcasted
0: so i don't i don't think i really identify as a christian i think because that's what i grew up in and it's a cultural experience i think i still hold on to certain images that remind you of christianity i think crosses are very elegant very i i'm I'm, i'm like i'm a minimalist i like simple elegant things and crosses are simple and elegant so i like to wear crosses as like a fashion statement but it also because of that cultural experience of growing up in the church it does make me feel like i am protected in some way yeah um it does make me feel um, connected to my ancestors in some way, because I'm—they all grew up Christian. So, um, but yeah, I don't identify as Christian. I think I think I have, in terms of what I spiritually identify as, I think I'm just—I just, just want to get—I'm just trying to get in touch with my ancestors and honor their legacy. Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. and th- that's the route that you've mm-hmm. taken, and, and mm-hmm. that they're most deep rooted in. A grand ambition that Jalen is currently working towards is obtaining his Ph.D. He describes his motivation for pursuing the achievement and the passion that drives him for seeking out further education.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I did the McNair Scholars Program. Yes. For um, really great program for, for underrepresented uh, people from... Yeah, students. Uh, Could you describe the resources and experience of that a little bit? Yeah, I mean they gave you, they gave you conferencing. Like you were able to travel to conferences. They paid for you to uh, travel to go check out programs. um, Pay for your application fees. um, A lot of like professional training, career training, Um, and so you know I did that program really because i knew other people that did it they they gave us an opportunity to, to do a summer internship and that was paid and so i was like money so you know it kind of like worked out and really like uh is this through the entirety of your undergraduate no this was my junior year oh, okay, okay yeah yeah they, i think you have to be a, well at least the program i was in you had to be a junior that's right um and, and yeah. sorry, uh, where did you go to school? The University of Montevallo in Montevallo, Alabama, which gotcha. is the center of Alabama.
1: Gotcha. Um, like, Are you talking about center it's geographically? The, it's
0: the geographical, geographical cen- center. center of Alabama. Gotcha. Um, How far was that from your hometown? Three hours. Which okay, was, so it was a
1: little bit of a drive.
0: It was great. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think I think I went into academia... As, out of necessity like i knew i i couldn't go back to delville alabama <laughs> what, am, what is a girl like me gonna do in delville alabama um so i'm i was like i was like you know i'll do whatever i gotta do to not go back and so going to graduate school was one was one what was the way that i chose uh-huh. and you know i said your
1: junior year is that well that's you made the like decision
0: so I had two senior years. I chose to, I chose to do graduate school, like, my, se- my first senior year. Um, and like I said, it was out of necessity. Um, I, I, I will say, like, once I started doing research, it really, like, opened my eyes up to systems of oppression. Like, I never had a language to talk about what had been happening to me my whole life. And um, when I was doing research, when I was reading, you know, certain literature like it would and thinking about gender i i i I, one of my first research projects was looking at um racial and gender presentation in the villains of the powerpuff girls and i feel like i've heard you mention that before yeah and and i was yeah i was just in, in doing that research like you know, I was looking at ethnicity and looking at gender and thinking about why, you know, certain villains who have these certain racial markers are portrayed sure. this way. And mm-hmm. so I was, you know, that gave me my first introduction into thinking about race and gender and in very, you know, critical ways and in ways that really changed my life. And, you know, I I was you know, I was able to continue at, continue that in graduate school. I will. So, I, you, yeah, I, I did mention like I. I wish I would have. I mean, the way that I went, I went straight out of undergrad, but graduate school is like it's a struggle, um, and would you care to tell? Yeah, me? yeah, it's a struggle in the fact that you're for for someone from a from a underrepresented background from a poor southern background sure um you're coming into a situation where there's people who are your peers who come from professors like their parents are professors their parents have uh, doctoral degrees, masters and things like that mm-hmm. and or they have a family history of, of mm-hmm. just collegiate experience exactly and um and then when we when the, the classes we have to take we're talking about marxism we're talking about foucault we're talking about like all of these theorists who yes they are they are great, they help us think about you know knowledge and power and all of these all of these things but having to withstand that and having and being in a room in which people are speaking a language that has no use for you and it's design i mean it's designed that way it's designed to make you feel like an outsider because you are an outsider because the way that these courses are situated they're not they were not made put in mind for someone like me
1: uh th- there's difficulty as a person like from an underrepresented community where you don't see yourself in the material but also i feel like even people who who are like quote unquote who it's designed for mm-hmm. like people who like the ideal students um like i I'm sure that they still see how formulated and structured that it is in a specific uh, excuse me in a specific way um where you feel like you're just being pumped out of like a mill almost in like a yeah. factory setting you know
0: yeah, I will say like it's different when you benefit from that, so when you benefit from it you of course you'll play along with with the way things are <laughs> Of course you'll play, away, play along with the way that things are designed. Um, but I'll just say like, when I started taking classes in women and gender studies, that was, where, that was another one of those moments where I finally found a language to think about my, my own life. And I really think the things that I study now um, like black masculinity and uh sexuality, like those are things like i I always wanted my research to be something that is going to save me and my community and that is something very important to me and having an accessible language I think that's very important an accessible language to discuss these topics and I mean, like I said, it's really about survival. Like at this point, I am using graduate school to prolong the survival of me, my my family, and my ancestors' legacy. Yeah,
1: that's super powerful, and I think that's a really awesome reason to continue mm-hmm. your your studies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, where at you? Where are you at in the progress of your uh, this will be doctorate degree?
0: Yeah, this will be my fourth year of of out of six out of six yeah it's not bad
1: you're more than halfway there i'm yeah projected six
0: yeah yeah yeah. i thought i was gonna try to get out here in five but i was like you know what (laughs) i'll just chill out
1: why are we racing huh yeah yeah exactly exactly especially if you're enjoying it too i mean Mm -hmm. like there's no i mean i can't say that there's no point but i mean like there's less (laughs) pressure to you know like finish race to the finish line if you are Able to take a more enriched path to like and and stop and smell the roses.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. I love smelling roses, by the way. (laughs) Um, And that's the thing. It's like I think you know, you know, the time that I've been given. Like, yes, I've been using that to study or whatever. mm -hmm. Like, I'm studying for my uh, major field exams right now, Um, but. I also have been taking that time to really find out like what I want to do with this degree. Like I, like, I don't have to just be a professor. Mm -hmm. I can be a writer. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, do all these other things. And I think with COVID happening and, you know, just everybody rethinking their lives, I thought about what more I would like to get out of mm-hmm. this degree mm-hmm. and how I could use the resources that I've acquired here in order to do that.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting that you say uh like you don't just want to just be a professor and I think that's very like there's nothing wrong at all with being a professor and there's great very great like yeah. teachers and professors yeah. especially if you have a very high value of education like yeah. if you yourself see that um yeah. as something very valuable uh but Like net right now, like there's almost like a paradox where if you want to do something out of the norm, like you have to like stand out. You have to like make it as good as it can be Mm -hmm. because like the paradox is that it's easier than ever to try to make a name for yourself, but then also that access has also opened it to everyone, and so you got to compete with like like millions, maybe like all these people who also have the same like places as you.
0: And that can get that can get so overwhelming, and so it's like. You know, I think I think and I think something that I I enjoy is just using my creativity and like just th- my creativity as a way of building community with with people so that, you know, I I'm I'm, you know, aligning myself with people who are. Like on the same level with me yeah. and in support of me, I'm in support of them and i I think that's like the important part is community i don't I don't even think um, yeah, like like you saying like all these people competing for all of this, I'm like, yeah, there's that happening, but i'm like I'm thinking about all the friends I could make,
1: definitely, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, along with all those voices is there is a community that's yeah. also been sourced with from it that's super super uh valuable that hasn't been necessarily uh possible in the past yeah um you said uh sorry I'm trying to think of my uh questions here um so like I said like there is like a level of competition but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way like i I think it is possible that everyone like can quote unquote win like with varied mm-hmm. degrees like because mm-hmm. like everyone like I don't think anyone who has the ambition to to speak out and like put, put their voice out there is like yeah I'm gonna just do it okay or like I'm just gonna do it halfway, halfway a lot of people are very much like you know what like there's this thing that I'm passionate about and I'm really trying to mm-hmm. put it forth the best representation of myself that I can so yeah. I think that it doesn't have to be like oh me over this other person mm-hmm. I think like we can all try to send together and support each other
0: you're you're in the race by yourself you're the person you're racing against you know it's like as long as like say you put you put something out that's at at, so you put out something and you're like okay i want to do better you you're like i want to do this this different you put out the next thing okay that's changed you and then you just keep going incrementally building yeah, yourself yeah. up and yeah. constructing as long as you get better at what you're what you what you're going for you don't got to know the end goal but as long as you're getting better and as long as you're focused on like focus on your own journey because everybody has their own journey like and
1: sometimes you'll take like five steps this way and have to take ten steps back the some, other way because you just t- went the wrong
0: way yeah sometimes you got to regroup or whatever and yeah again that's all you you're in your own race you're like you're not it might feel like you're racing with other people i had to i had to learn that over covid that's like, an amazing
1: perspective to have and reminder
0: yeah i had to learn it over covid like you know i was seeing like you know a lot of people who started off on instagram and and social media like have tv shows now and i'm like wow like huh. that was such a big you know jump jump but it's like you know some i'm i was like but you know what i'm doing i I am so happy for them i can learn from them and i'm doing something different from them
1: i i really agree with you there that's yeah yeah, so so valuable instead of envying instead of doing that use it as motivation to build
0: yourself up yeah you don't need to have envy Uh envy is for basic basic bitches and there's
1: so much to admire from other people as well yes yes
0: move with love
1: yeah move with love definitely In connection to Jalen's journey through higher education, Jalen started a podcast three years ago to document the process of working his way through graduate school. Additionally, he wanted it to be a resource to other students of color. Today, his show Go Black Boy Go has evolved into a weekly production centered around Jalen's personal reflection of black queer identity and black masculinity. He's spoken with a wide array of vibrant guests who each have provided valuable insight into the conversation of identity. Here's Jalen describing the process of making his show, his art, and his aspirations.
0: Um, so I started the show, uh, uh, the first iteration of the show, like the first season is just me um, uh, documenting my move to Oregon and kind of talking about grad school. Like that whole first season is pretty much about that. I also had some conversations with my old fraternity brothers and other uh, queer folks that I Uh, was friends with at Montevallo. Um, So, yeah, that whole first season is kind of like me uh, moving and then talking about graduate school. Um, I haven't listened to that ever. so You just put it out. Yeah, I just put it out. And I'm pretty sure I I said some – I say things on there that I don't agree with sometimes. Like, because I go back and I, you know, my – my you know we change every day and so yeah. you know uh, the show was is really like um, like a uh, the show is really like a a blog of like so, uh, when it was first uh, when it was first when I first conceived of it was it's more like a blog of me kind of like going through the motions of graduate school you know talking about whatever um, and then um, I think something I've discovered is that I really like interviewing people. Um, and so like I interview friends and, you know, we, we talk about, you know, growing up and we get really vulnerable with each other, which I really enjoy. Most recently I did an episode with my brother, which was, uh, very special to me cause he was like nervous to do it. Huh. And so I mean it was so great and I your older brother or
1: younger brother? Younger brother. Younger brother.
0: And um you know I've been I I through through the podcast, I've met some very great artists uh, uh drag drag performers um painters uh poets writers like just
1: an awesome networking opportunity
0: yeah 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 It 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 is and it's like when I you know when I interview them about their lives you know they give me a piece of information or you know something yes. that is just really special and so I think now the show you know I, I think so those that, that first those first three seasons were kind of like me just trying to I think I was still finding my voice. I'm still finding my voice, yeah. but I I think now where the show is gonna head is I'm gonna do interviews and then I'm I wanna I wanna talk more. I, I wanna talk more about like certain themes that I that I want to explore yeah. and certain uh moments in my life that I want to reflect on. For sure. Um, yeah i want to do i want to do healing work for me and for just like you yeah, yeah yeah on that on on that platform awesome
1: yeah that's super super sweet
0: mm-hmm.
1: talking about your like future aspirations and that do you have anything else uh that you're aspiring towards your current goals yes besides healing like your podcast <laughs> coming up a little bit more yeah, yeah, yeah. than it is already
0: yeah so um i've been uh, doing installation art uh, well, I, I had a... Well, you know, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. I've been doing video installation art. Um, I was just in a show at uh, Maude Kern's Art Center here in Eugene. Um, and I put a piece in there called Summer 2020. And it was about um, just... It was kind of like a reflection on Summer 2020. Um, I... Uh, yeah, so um, so that piece was in that show and it was my first like official art thing and um the people at at that center were just so uh just so uh affirming and they really like were like yeah you're an artist and i was like what i'm an artist like what's going on i thought i was just putting things on a on a table and putting a chair and like i don't know so that that happened and so now I want to continue on with this so something I'm working on is um a virtual performance based on that piece where it will kind of be like a uh, kind of like cinematic reflection on summer 2020 and it's going to include a little bit about like this current summer um I want to have like There'll be some poetry. There'll be some just monologues in there. Um, yeah, so that's what I'll be working on. Um, I, and then after that, I'm, well, in addition to that, I'm currently working on a woman show where I kind of like reflect on my past relationships that I kind of talked about on there and um, reflect on just being black and queer and Oregon. For sure. Yeah. Dang.
1: Well, you got a podcast, you got some art installations, and you got your one-man show to work on. Looks like you're very busy and I wish you all the well on all of that. Uh, do you have a final message that you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, some advice? Any personal philosophy or message?
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Well, first, Anthony, thank you so much for asking me to be on this show. I've felt like such a star. Yeah, you can, you can follow my podcast, Go Black Boy Girl, on Instagram. And you can follow me uh, on Instagram um, at Jalen.Thompson. Um, something I want to leave your listeners with is love yourself and write down your dreams.
1: That's it for our show today. Special thanks to Jalen Thompson for coming on the show and sharing with us. If you'd like more information from the episode today, check the show notes below. This is our fourth episode, which means we are halfway done with our first season. If you haven't shared it around yet, now would be the perfect opportunity. If you'd like to stay up to date and support the show, you can follow the podcast on all major social platforms at Uniquely Gene. I look forward to sharing with you all next week. Until then, I wish you all the best and thank you for tuning in to the Uniquely Gene podcast.